0: Man dies after medical incident during police interaction. May 25th, 2020, Minneapolis. On Monday evening, shortly after 8 p.m., officers from the Minneapolis Police Department responded to the 3700 block of Chicago Avenue South on a report of a forgery in progress. Officers were advised that the suspect was sitting on top of a blue car and appeared to be under the influence. Two officers arrived and located the suspect, a male believed to be in his 40s, in his car. He was ordered to step from his car. After he got out, he physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Officers called for an ambulance. He was transported to Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance, where he died a short time later. At no time were weapons of any type used by anyone involved in this incident. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension has been called in to investigate this incident at the request of the Minneapolis Police Department. No officers were injured in the incident. Body-worn cameras were on and activated during this incident. The GO number associated with this case is 20-140629. It's very startling to hear that now that we have seen the
1: footage and we know what happened. It's so hard to hear that that's the statement that was put out about that event.
0: You wouldn't even know there there's looking at that statement, you would have no idea that it was even related. It it's not it's not recognizable as that event in any manner whatsoever.
1: Don't get me wrong. I actually do understand this, but it is completely washed of any and all humanity period there. It's a black and white statement on a very non-black and white situation.
0: Yeah. Well, it, Very clinical. It looks clinical, but the accuracy of it is even—I mean, not even debatable at this point. It's—it's so inaccurate, right? Well,
1: you know what the funny thing is, though. um, It's
0: well, I guess it is clinically.
1: It's clinically, like you say, it's clinically accurate. It's interesting. That this right here says there was an awareness of medical distress, immediate awareness of medical distress, and it's indicated that there was also an immediate reaction to call help, but the truth was that help could have been given, immediate help could have been given to put that situation in a different trajectory and it wasn't.
0: Well, not only that, but I guess the reason I was saying it's inaccurate is it gives you the very inaccurate perception that there was only two officers at the scene and those two officers wouldn't have included Derek Chauvin. Yeah. He was not on the scene immediately. So, you know, if you looked at that based on what they said, you would think two officers came, they noticed that there was a problem with the, with a person and then they called for help and that was the end of it. But I guess, errors, errors and omissions, right? I mean, there's a big chunk left out that <laughs> we are in insurance. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know I was like, such a big error and omission. Just a little bit like so. So I guess that's why I'm saying it's inaccurate because, you know, and so we are we both have a, a gigantic insurance background. But that to me is a lie because in the insurance world, when you leave out critical pieces of information, it's considered inaccurate. So, because people can will not be able to come to an accurate conclusion based on what you put out.
1: No, but but I think that's why that statement, and I laugh about it, but I think that's why what your your utilization of that term is incredibly accurate because the way that reads gives you an entirely different perception. Of what may or may not have happened, which let, let's just quick back it up. We're obviously talking about the George Floyd incident. What we're doing here right now is we're just kind of giving a raw reaction because um both of us have certainly had that today. We're very passionate about this topic, we're very emotional about this topic, we are very much pushing for progress, and we know that what we saw today is not. The ultimate, we know that there's a lot of work to be done, and so we just wanted to kind of react to it in the best way we know how and share our feelings on it. But I guess the way when you came across that original statement and then you just read it, I think what impacts me the most, Nina, is like, how many more of these statements are out there? that we read real quick, completely bypass, and move on with our day because they're so, I keep honestly, on. I just got to be straight up, whitewash keeps coming to my mind. We're whitewashing them. We're making them clinical. We are taking them down to the most basic level that we possibly can, and we're removing humanity, and we're removing the details that are pertinent. How many of these are happening?
0: There and that's the thing because as you know, some people said, if had it not been because they were saying that even with the body cam, we still would actually not know what happened. We had to have the point of view from the bystanders to really understand what happened because the body cams wouldn't have showed him. And so there's there's nothing, so you know, that girl who cried. She cries at night and she is a hero in this. Um, And it's, it's what's so scary about that statement is I would absolutely not give it a second thought. If I read it, I would absolutely take it at face value and it would never occur to me that there was anything more to it than that. And this is
1: a condition and this is programming that we are all set to believe and I just I want to throw this out there and I want to make it super clear. Like I, I will speak for myself and myself alone. I do not believe that all law enforcement are bad. I have a desire to support them. I know that if something goes wrong in my life, that's who I want to call to make me feel safe. But I also wholly, fully with every piece of my being, acknowledge. That until every single good officer stands up and says, fuck no to bullshit like this, we're not going forward. And I do think that in watching this trial, which I did, there was a lot of officers that came out and sat in that courtroom and looked directly at him and said, no, that is not our training. That is not okay. That is not what we're going to do. And I appreciate that. Unfortunately, it wasn't soon enough to save George Floyd because Derek Chauvin really felt like he was super comfortable doing what he was doing. Because the system told him for a very long time that nobody was going to stand up against him. So thank you for your service. You got to stand up every single time.
0: And I think this was the start of hopefully something new because exactly, I mean, we can even talk about, you know, there's, we always talk about four officers, even though it turns out there was five there and my feelings on the other officers are much more mixed. Derek, I didn't really have any mixed feelings about at all. I shouldn't even say really there were, there were none. It This we saw from prosecutors because you know, there's, prosecutors and judges and things like that there's always been that so protection in place and he was awfully comfortable i mean he was completely comfortable to the point where it only appears that he became uncomfortable later when he didn't mention it to his superior where i think there was a recognition that maybe something was not going to go his way but during that process he was comfortable enough and so you know, to to have 18 complaints or was it 26? I don't know, double digits. That that was a system in place, but hopefully with all that's happened, this is an opportunity for real change. And I when it happened, I thought it was different. So this does feel different, and that makes me hopeful.
1: I agree. I watched a lot of the trial don't tell my employer. Just kidding. I work for myself.
0: Um, (laughs) She'll be okay. He's a great boss.
1: I, 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 um, I made it work because for me, and I'm not saying it was easy. It was not easy. It was very hard, but I made a decision that I wanted to see it for myself. And I did my best. I'll be honest. There wasn't much objectivity on my end. There really wasn't because I saw it from the beginning and I I had my opinion made. I would not have been a good juror. But I did try. And I think he knew straight away. They called for the hobble. He declined. The reason why they declined is because the hobble does require superior. They need to call a superior. They need to call a supervisor if they're going to use that you declined that and yet you kept him in this position that tells me you already knew that if a superior came you were in the wrong anyways this is just my opinion and i really don't want to get into the details too much just to say that i'm with you i think that this was such an important this was such an important step i think i've heard commentary um from legal experts that it's not over. It's not over by a long shot. They do have um, potential grounds for overturning, you know, based on things that happened. Um, this is very, I mean, this particular case was it, the worldwide. I mean, let alone the United States. Worldwide, people knew about it. So finding a jury that was impartial or, or had little to no knowledge of it was damn near impossible. Um, yeah,
0: practically speaking, it was impossible.
1: Uh, so so they're they're going to try and i mean listen the fucking defense tried for a mistrial three times after the closing arguments already happened like they they knew they knew there wasn't a case because it was so blatantly obvious what was going on
0: yeah and we want to take an opportunity to mention this too we're not going to keep this very much longer but we both talked independently we were in contact with each other quite a bit during this trial And we recognize, especially, you know, if you've been listening to us, we've had prosecutors, we've had defense attorneys on, um, we recognize the absolute importance and right for due process and for him to have an adequate defense. And so we both kept that in mind while we were watching his defense team. Now, honestly, you know, I... I think his defense team tried as best as they could. I mean, at some point you're just dealing with what is right. And so I don't really know what more he could have done with it, but I'm sure we'll hear opinions on that. Um, But it's also important to remember that he deserved what George Floyd did not get, which was a right to have his day in court.
1: So we want to keep this really quick. There is (laughs) a million more things we can say, but we want to close out with a a statement that we put out on our uh, social media today, guys. Um, And it is this. Make no mistake, this isn't over, not by a long shot. But in this moment, we would like to celebrate the immense victory that has taken far too long for us to see. We will celebrate the justice we will celebrate the accountability. The humanity of those cloaked in privilege was awakened 525 2020. When George Floyd was murdered in front of us, a massive sector of people hadn't been paying attention. We weren't listening. Our privilege had cast an ignorant veil on the pain, trauma, and horrific discrimination our fellow humans have been and continue to be subject to. Today, Those in the world, specifically the United States where we're located, who have for so long gotten away with hatred, dehumanization, and apathy towards those who simply look different have been put on notice. Those sworn to serve and protect have been put on notice. Those who are insistent on continuing past evils are put on notice. We hope that you guys will rise together with us and scream a deafening battle cry that we've had enough. We're not slowing down. We won't stop.
0: The conversation continues.